Whoa, hey guys, today is gonna be a doozy because I am going to do my very best to make this the shortest version of our saga from the city to the country. And I'll just start with the pandemic. Isn't that where everything started? So we were living in Collin County in a lovely little city called Allen. And it's a great city. It was voted like one of the top places to live in Texas for sure, maybe in the United States one year. And when everybody heard that, they started moving there. <laughs> um, so we lived there for about five years and we were renting. So the kids were in the school district there. It was a great school district. Um, when the pandemic happened, we were starting to think about like wanting to buy a house and move somewhere. So as self-employed entrepreneurs, it's kind of tricky to get um, mortgage stuff together unless, you know, you kind of change things up. And uh, anyway, we had to kind of jump through some hoops to prove that we were worthy of a mortgage. And uh, even though the rent that we were paying on that house is significantly more than our current mortgage, but I digress. So in uh, April of 2020, we are like, okay, our lease is up next summer, July of 2021. We want to start thinking about um, what we're going to do next year because we knew that our rent was going to continue to go up. Collin County was popping and we were not wanting to stay in the city so close to everybody and their mom. Um, so we had great neighbors um, on most sides of us. <laughs> so it wasn't that we wanted to get away from our neighbors per se, but we wanted more privacy. Um, I actually personally don't care so much about privacy in that sense. It's that Curtis wanted more privacy and I wanted to be able to go outside without pants on because um, that's a really important part of my life is not having to wear pants. And my kids also don't like to wear pants. So not having to wear pants when I went outside was a great like selling point for me. Um, and <laughs> can I just pause and tell you like how many times, not that I went outside without pants on, but I would just like have on like what we will call inside clothes. Um, and I'd want to like run out to my car and Curtis would be like, you can't go out in the front yard like that. You've got to like put something different on. <laughs> so <laughs> not having to wear pants has been a really great part of living out on two acres. So we knew that we wanted some space and so we started looking for land. Now thankfully this is before things started getting really crazy and we were fortunate enough to find a first sale by owner um, where we're at now and it's, you know, 45 minutes or so to where uh, like main, main stuff is. Like we've got a grocery store and Walmart and like places to shop and fast food restaurants and stuff about 20 minutes from us. But like a true like really big city where you can like find all of the things um, about 45 minutes to an hour depending on traffic. So we're a little ways out and we're actually about um, a mile and a half off of the main highway. So we don't get a lot of like people just driving by our house. We definitely only have our neighbors out here. Um, I am currently trying to keep an eye on a spider that is on my window and unfortunately not on the outside of it, like between the glass and the screen. Like he's literally inside uh, my shed. So if I start 
um, sounding concerned or my voice changes is because that spider has now disappeared and I've lost track of him. He looks pretty wicked from where I'm seated about, seated about 10 feet away. So anyway, the great thing about living in the city is that there's not as many spiders in your house, but um, it's definitely time for us to put out some, uh, some, some bug killer for the, around the house so that we don't get bugs in the house. And uh, we let the chickens eat a lot of our bugs. So we're not really like stringent about killing bugs out here because the chickens do a good job of keeping the bug population down. But yeah, this guy's looking pretty, pretty fat and uh, scary. So again, living in the country has its benefits. <laughs> like not wearing pants, but I do have to keep my eyes peeled for gigantic spiders as well. So we found this land, we were really fortunate that we got a amazing deal on it, and we found it in April, I guess, of 2020. We made an offer officially in June. The offer was accepted, and our uh, for sale by owner guy was just traveling a lot, like he's retired. He was like, hey, who cares that um, the world is semi-shut down? I'm going to do my own thing. So <laughs> I was in the back of my head. I was like, please do not get COVID and get sick and like, you know, like let anything happen because, you know, we wanted to be able to continue to finish our, our deal and have him be healthy. So it was literally in the back of my mind. I was like, I really hope that he stays safe and, and like doesn't, you know, get stuck somewhere because he gets sick because we eventually signed paperwork and handed over the money in October of 2020. So that by that point, we're like, cool, we'll start looking for builders to build a house like December, January, we like kind of start looking around. And if you remember what happened in January of 2021, all of the prices of supplies skyrocketed. Um, steel prices had slowly gone up during COVID um, and we experienced a steel shortage affecting our garage door business um, in 2020. 2021 brought the lumber shortage and just the, the sheer number of like people doing construction and the demand on the construction industry put us in a position where in January of 2021, we're like, okay, we have until July 31st when our lease is up to get a house on this property. So we, we did spend time like clearing the land. When we bought this two acres, it was heavily wooded. Nobody had ever lived on it. So we had to pay somebody to come out and like make a clear space. We have two acres that are kind of long. So we live on the very front of it, um, closest to the road that it faces um, because we have a creek that runs across our property so that kind of like sections it off into like a smaller space at the front and then we have a ton of space on the back side of the creek. So we live on, I would say maybe somewhere between an eighth and a fourth of an acre um, and the rest of it is behind the creek, the back side of our property. Um, and so like you can see our house from the, the road. So, I mean, I do usually wear pants if I come outside during the daytime, but at night all bets are off. Um, but we've got a Creek behind the house. It's very peaceful and quiet. So we have all this beautiful property on the back side of the Creek. So <clears throat> we had the front side of the Creek cleared off and we had to put a driveway in. Then they delivered the house 
and the shed and the septic guys came out and dug a big hole in my yard and did that and basically everything was here and ready um but we did not have a great time getting water and electricity so i'll do the encore story first so encore is the electric provider here in texas and then we've got like individual companies that are the like delivery people so like txu is like a really big one here um and then there's a lot of other like smaller independent ones so encore we're like super easy you request to have a project started they give you a project manager and that project manager contacts you and says okay what do we need here what are we doing here okay what is the load requirement for the house and and all that kind of guides you on like the the step-by-step -step process so when you buy a mobile home the fun thing that they we did not learn until it was too late is that your meter box that is probably on your house directly if you live in a regular like brick and mortar or oops uh, I almost knocked some stuff over brick and mortar or like just a regular even like a pier and beam house um, if your house doesn't have wheels under it then your meter box is probably slapped right on the back of your house or the side of your house well our project manager who had only been with Encore for about a year at the time did not tell us that with a mobile home you cannot attach Encore's meter box or the meter box that Encore is going to run their their power lines to to a mobile home it actually has to be on a separate kind of like mini electrical pole so like you got to put like a little concrete bottom um wooden post near the house it can be just mere inches from the side of your home but it cannot be physically attached to your house so mistake number one was that we attached this to our house because that's what our project manager told us to do he came out saw that it was attached to the house and was like cool that looks great i will let them know the next stage of uh the, the process can begin so they come out and they put in a huge power pole like a normal giant tall power pole run power lines to it from across the street where the nearest power line is and left a bunch of like power line for the next people to do their job which is now the trenching the trenching people come out and they dig a big hole through your driveway that you paid fifty six hundred dollars for <laughs> and they mostly put everything back like you know what I mean like they did their job and they didn't like totally ruin our front yard or anything but they ran the power to the side of the house but they were like we can't attach this power line that we've trenched over to this meter box because the meter box is not supposed to be directly mounted to the house and I was like what this is exactly what our project manager told us to do he came out he saw it and he said yeah great job so fast forward many months this has now taken you know from like February to say June okay things are getting a little tight on time and they're like you know it only takes 10 business days once we get like the the power line 
trenched and, and whatever, like get this connected to the house. You just need an electrician to run from the box, like to get everything set up inside the house. So Encore does everything up to the house and the meter, and then you need an electrician to do from the meter to like your uh, fuse box or whatever, breaker box. Well, we call an electrician, super great guy, comes out, does his job based on what we tell him to do, based on what Encore told us to do. So when it comes down to it and Encore is like, well, we can't do our job because this isn't in the right place, we're like, this is what you told us to do. Then I get on the phone and my project manager now has a much more seasoned project manager helping us out. And he's like, well, your electrician should have known that you shouldn't have put this, this couldn't be done this way. And I was like, pause. You're not gonna blame my electrician whose job it is not to know what if he's never put electricity on a mobile home before? You don't know. I was like, no, 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 no. Your, your team, your project manager you assigned to me is the one who messed this up. So ends up being the electrician gets on the phone with Encore because he's super, super awesome. Shout out to Marsh Brothers Electric. If you were anywhere near me in Dallas County, Collin County, Hunt County, they are your people. Roger gets on the phone with Encore project manager and they figure out what they're going to do. And Roger's like, yeah, here's, he's like, yeah, I can fix it. I can fix their mistake. He's like, it's just going to be like a crap ton of money. And I was like, you know what? I want you to make it as expensive as it needs to be. I said, don't give any discounts. I said, because I'm sending this bill to Encore because we'd already paid him to do the original job that he was supposed to do for us, which also included getting our power set up to the, for the septic system. Um, so he did his job correctly. Then Encore's made a mistake. So they're like, we need to fix our mistake, but we're going to have the electrician do it. So I'm like, okay. Um, and Roger's like super chill about it. He, he totally busts his butt to come out and get this done as quickly as humanly possible. Um, and like, he's super cool about like getting it done. Um, does not like, I probably like, he hopes that we never call him again. I'm sure. Um, as we were so much trouble because of Encore. And so he sends me his bill and I'm like, here you go, Encore. They're like, well, uh, uh, and I'm like, no, we're not doing this. And so, um, I think that was like a Monday that I got the bill by Friday. Encore was not stepping up. And I've mentioned my husband does garage doors. I will never, ever let a contractor wait to get paid because that's ridiculous because we can't wait to get paid. And for this particular job, this was a huge amount of money and a huge amount of time. And he definitely went out of his way to get this job done. So I paid it and cause that's the right thing to do. And then I turned around and I let Encore know that they, things were about to get ugly. <laughs> and I was like, here's the bill. I paid it. I put it on a credit card. You guys need to get this taken care of. And they're like, well, we'll escalate it. And I was like, you should have already escalated it. Cause I'm, I am past escalation. I am escalated. So they're like, we will escalate this to, you know, the whatever team. So then I get it. I like, I'm telling my story to, uh, the project manager's manager, who's again, a really nice guy. And then like the other department that's like handling this, uh, the financial stuff. And they're like, okay, we'll meet you. We'll pay half. And I was like, 
like heck you are gonna pay half, you're gonna pay all of this because I already paid the electrician to do a job at my house. This is the job you paid him to do to fix your mistake. I'm like yelling at Encore at this point because I'm not, this isn't a small amount of money. So they're like, okay, well, I'm gonna send you this paper and it just needs to be like that if we pay this, that you will not come after us for um, any additional, you know, fees and, you know, basically you're gonna cease and desist <laughs> yelling at us. I was like, cool, no, no problem. When's the check gonna be in the mail? So they did get it to us. And in fact, the project manager's manager reached out to me and was like, hey, I just wanted to know, like once this left my desk, I don't, like I wanted to make sure this was being taken care of for you. And I was like, yeah, it is totally being taken care of and I'm just waiting on the check. Check came, all that was settled. So Encore, however, all of this stupidity and mistakes that they made caused it so that when we were supposed to be done by July 31st and having power by July 31st, we ended up not having the power finished until August 23rd. So more than three weeks late with a project that was began in February of 2021. So it took them, you know, like six months to do something that should have taken six weeks. Because it wasn't a delay like, oh, we're just super busy. And they were a little bit busy, um, you know, but like six months was plenty of time for them to have gotten this figured out and done this correctly. But anyway, it was a total ridiculous. And, and what was the most ironic about all of this is that Encore actually ended up taking longer than the water company. So I'll tell you the water company story next. So Encore, literally, I was like, we were in an Airbnb for three weeks between July 1st and August 21st. And that was a whole other piece of crap. <laughs> that should have its own episode. But anyway, I digress again. We're in an Airbnb because we don't have electricity and water. And at no point did I want to stay any extra days in the rental that we were in because that was also a hot mess because our landlords, even though we lived there for five years and paid our rent on time the entire time through COVID, um, they were complete jerks during that last month. So July of 2021 is probably the most stressful month of my entire life. Um, maybe since I had postpartum depression when Gage was born 12 and a half years ago. Super, super stressful. I wasn't sleeping. I had so much anxiety. I was constantly crying. I was constantly just like, at the drop of a hat, like racing heart, like full on anxiety, panic attacks. Um, just any time that my phone went off because our landlord was like, we need to show the house. And I was like, we freaking live here and we're in the middle of a pandemic. You cannot send strangers to my house. They're like, well, we'll set it up. Oh, they wanted to do a, um, a lockbox and like just be able to come in whenever they wanted. And I was like, we live here. That's absolutely not going to happen. Can't you set up like a couple of open houses on the weekend and have like a couple of set days where they do this? They're like, no, we need to be able to show it whenever. And so they would send a request and it would be like, we want to have a showing at such and such time. And I'm like, well, no, we're busy. I was teaching virtual classes. Curtis was working. I was um, teaching sometimes during the day. Like I was like, they were like, you keep, you can't keep saying no. And I'm like, you can't keep sending requests 
that are not like, can we give you some time parameters? Like we know we can't accept a tour at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. So like, had they cared at all, they could have helped, but they didn't. And they're terrible people. And I really, I hope they're not listening to this because I don't want them to have any like access to my life by any stretch of the imagination. But I kind of hope that if they do, they know that they're complete a-holes and I would never recommend anybody to ever rent from them and their property management company. That's that. They were contributed to, I was like near a mental breakdown. And then they wanted to be like, well, the carpets are really dirty. And I'm like, bro, we lived here for five years and we've got a dog and kids. You should plan to replace the carpets after five years. Like that seems like a pretty normal amount of time for a rental for you to replace and come paint. And I was like, oh, do you also want to check and make sure that like, I don't know, there's batteries in the smoke detectors and change the locks or whatever. Like, yeah, no, they were complete idiots. And I don't know how they have a successful property management business because they are terrible people. Anyway, so that was that. We were not going to stay there. So the Airbnb situation, we were there for three weeks. It cost us more than a month's mortgage um, or month's rent. Plus, we were paying the mortgage on this house that we weren't able to live in because Encore waited 23 days past our date, uh, move-in date, to get power to the house in the middle of August, no less. And the electric company, you know, just didn't give a crap. So, the well, they made a mistake. And then they didn't want to fix their mistake until I yelled at them. Now... Moving on to the water company, I talked about this a lot um, on my social media last year, but the quickest story with the water company is we bought this land. We knew we were going to have to have water and power ran to it. We were looking at houses in like February. Oh yeah. So let me give you the rundown on that real quick. Long story short, we knew we wouldn't be able to afford to put like a, like a brick home on this house, on this land, um, just like time wise and financially, cause everything was getting so expensive with the construction costs and supply costs that we're like, okay, we'll go, we'll do a mobile home. We went to look at some, a couple to talk to a couple different places and everybody was like, you can do a fully custom, pick everything you want from the floor to ceiling, um, home. And, uh, it's, but it's going to be four and a half to six months. And by that time it's February. And I was like, yeah, that feels like it's going to cut it really close. Not sure that I want to like order a custom home, like what you got on the lot. So it was like buying a car. It was like, what do you have in stock? What do you have that you can get to me? Like now, like by July, let's just say we want this house here by May. <laughs> um, so we ended up picking a house from the lot. And we had a little drama with the mortgage on that because they were jerks and they ended up forcing us to put 20% down, even though, um, you know, we've proof of income and whatever, all that other good stuff. So we did end up with a smaller home um, because we, you know, we didn't want to go into any extra debt. Like we just put down what we had cash um, to buy this house. Now, before we put money down and bought a house, we got an estimate from the water company to have water ran. And these fools quoted me $13,000 for water because the closest pipe is about 300 feet 
or little less down the street and under one gravel road. So they were going to have to bore under the road and then run the pipe another like 200 feet or so to our property. And that was $11,000 that they quoted us. That also included some tree clearing um, and like 2000 of the 13000 was for the water meter, which would have been what you pay anyway. $2,000 for a water meter seems pretty crappy to me anyway. <clears throat> but they're like $13,000. We're like, you are crazy. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> we, had, we had given ourselves a budget of about $6,000 for water. Um, so when that came back, we were a little stunned. And so we came back to the house people and we're like, look, we're not ready to close on this house because we've given you all this money for a down payment because the mortgage wanted 20% down and mortgage company. And so now we're like, we don't have this 13 grand. Um, and they were like, okay, well, what if we gave you some money at closing? And I was like, it was a good enough chunk of money, which was kind of stupid, right? Cause we had to put this money down, but they gave us money back at closing. I know it's, I, I know that that is like the way things work sometimes in the mortgage industry, but it felt really stupid. So, um, I was like, yeah, if you can promise me this much money, um, yes, we can do that. He goes, yeah, he goes, we can, we just have to, this, this check has to be made out to the utility company. So like they could write it to, you know, Encore or, or to, um, which actually we didn't have to pay Encore any money other than, um, yeah, no, we didn't pay Encore any money. Uh, we just had to pay the electrician because Encore does. Why I thought Encore was going to be such an easy gig because they give you like a budget. <clears throat> I want to say it's like a good chunk of money, like $7,000 might've been the number our project manager said, but he was like, long story short, like it almost always covers the entirety of a project. So like residentially, you don't have to pay anything to get a power pole and power ran to your home. You just have to pay the electrician to do the connections. So what should have been a $0 job to Encore, that's why it was such a pain in the butt that they made a mistake and we had to like get all this money situation. So they, yeah, we're, we're stupid on that. So water company, they're like $13,000. Electric company was, should have been $0. Um, so water, they're like, we can write a check to the utility company. It just has to be made out to them. And I was like, no problem, Bob, we can do that. Um, and so we get the house set in April. We're waiting a little bit on the check. We get closing done. We get the check. We have the check in hand. I call the water company. Let me back up and tell you that in March, middle of March, I got a written estimate of this job. They're like, $13,000, here's your estimate. You have to pay all of this money up front before we will even schedule this project. By the way, we're eight to 12 weeks out on even starting this project once you've given us the entire $13,000. We're like, that sucks, but okay. So we, we get our money, I wanna say it's like 30 days-ish from the day that they give us a written estimate and a promise of the work to be completed for $13,000 um, till we actually have the cash in hand. We got the check from the closing on the house and we have our money. And we go and we're like, we've got our money, we're ready to pay you. They're like, yeah, we were gonna call you. So 
we can't do this for $13,000. And I was like, do what now? <laughs> so the acres that we bought was two acres and the original owner has, uh, had 16 acres that he never did anything with. It was truly just bare land that nobody ever lived on. So the end of 2019, he retired and he had this land platted, which means he had it divided up into six lots. Well, when you do that, you are considered a developer. And so they were like, if you want water, uh, you have to do all the work. And, uh, you know, like have all the water done. And he was like, well, I'm not a developer. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to let people figure it out on their own. So when we bought the land, we knew we were going to be responsible for water and power. Um, so we were, yeah, we had sticker shop when they told us, but we're like, well, we're, we will make it work because the mortgage, blah, blah, blah. We were going to get money towards that 13000 So we're like scrambling, you know, getting this money together. We finally have it together. And they're like, yeah. We, um, we can't just run water. It has to be to the very end of the 16 acres. So like, if you're looking at a rectangle, there's six lots on um, the left side is lot one. So just picture a rectangle broken up, just say six even lots. Um, lot one is on the left and then it goes two, three, four, five. And lot six is the corner. We bought lot five. So we're not at the corner, which would have been maybe cheaper for the uh, water not having to go as far, but we're like lot five. So they want to tell us that they can't just run water to us at lot five. They have to run it all the way to the end of lot one and it's going to be $24,000. And I'm like, that's not possible. Like, A, I'm not going to pay to send water down 16 acres that I don't live on or past the, you know, two acres that I live on. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. They were like, yeah, well, we, we can't just come back and just keep adding to the line every time. And I'm like, that's not my problem. I bought this land. Um, and you know, you, I have an estimate. You told me you would do this job where they're like, well, we just can't do it. And I'm like, okay. You know, obviously furious. I go back to, we go back to the, um, the home people and we're like, well, I'm not sure what we're going to do right now. Uh, I, I have no idea like what we're going to do. And he's like, hold on. He goes, no, that's not right. He goes, you go to them and you tell them that you bought a home and you got a mortgage based on the promise that they would do this job for you for $13,000 and run it to your property. He was like, you got nothing to lose. You need to get, get back to them and tell them that they're going to do this. And so I did. So I went over there and I was like, you're not going to screw me over. I'm here to pay you the $13,000 you asshats insisted I pay you up front. I was like, I have written promise from you that you're going to do this. And I'm going to call the Public Utilities Commission, which I did report them to the Public Utilities Commission of Texas. That was a fun call because I was like, yeah, they promised us water and now they won't do it. And they made us pay ahead of time. She goes like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She goes, you've already paid for this project? I was like, yeah, every damn penny. She was like, oh, honey. She was like, no problem. Here's what you need to do. <laughs> so they were actually super helpful. They did open a case and they did pursue um, making sure that the water company did their job. And um, by the time August 1st rolled around, they showed up. So July 31st was a Sunday. They came out on Monday. 
the day after our lease expired and started the project. And it was almost felt like it was intentional because they knew for months and months that July 31st was our hard move out date and we weren't going to have a place to live if they didn't have water and electricity for us. Um, and so it kind of felt like they waited on purpose. I don't have proof of that, but anyway, when they came out, they did, there was a bunch of other like stupid crap that we had to deal with. They couldn't find a tree clearing company that would give them a decent price. I'm like, I called a dude who did it for $1,400 and cleared out my entire property. So do you want his number? Do you need me to do your job for you on that sense? Like, do you not already have a relationship with a tree clearing company because you're a county a water district that I'm sure does tree clearing here and there and needs that done for the work that you do? Like, you're gonna tell me you don't have a relationship with somebody already? Let me give you my guy. So I literally, I don't know. They ended up getting a tree clearing guy that no lie was somebody's like nephew that worked for the water company because we saw pictures um, we're like, that's somebody's relative. Anyway, they came out and did that. Water guys came out, the actual field, like on the field guys, totally awesome, super hard workers, super cool people. They came out and they got that stuff done in two days. The trees were cleared, they came, they dug all this line, they did the pipe, they kicked ass, and they did a great job, super quick. That was like after our lease expired though. So by the end of that first week of August, the water was done. They didn't tell us that. In fact, the septic company came out like mm, the second week of August, beginning of the second week of August, because we had water, so we're like, cool, we got water. Come, can you come do your thing? Even though we didn't have electricity yet. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can come do that and then we'll just, you know, no big deal, we can figure out the electricity. We just need to have water so we can fill the system and stuff. Um, so I call the water company and I'm like, can we make sure that we're gonna have water um, when the septic people are coming out? She goes, yeah, yeah, just call us. Um, we're running safety tests on the water, but we can let them do the septic fill, no big deal. Like we can, we don't have to wait for the, the water safety, you know, clearance to come back from the state or whatever. Um, Cause we were waiting on them to like, make sure that it was drinkable and safe for us to have. Um, and so the guy comes out to make sure the water's turned on for the septic company. He's like, oh guys, yeah, your water's already on. And I'm like, is it like, it's safe. We're good. We're good to go. And he's like, yeah, you should be. He goes, I'll check with my manager, but yeah, you should be good to go. And I was like, cool, how come nobody told me that we had water and that we could like turn it on in our house? And he was like, I goes, I don't know. He said, they don't usually let people know that or, or it's, you know, like it's a, it's a builder situation, it's a developer situation. And so like they get like some sort of email. And I was like, cool, nobody told us, but I can't even pretend that I'm surprised that nobody told us that we had water and that it was okay to like use it. So we got water. <laughs> like two weeks before we got electricity. So it was a hilarious, sad, not funny at all joke that we actually ended up getting water completed before electricity because that was a shocking turn of events. All that being said, we had to live in an Airbnb for three weeks. And when you're gonna go live in an Airbnb for three weeks, you've gotta find something that you can afford to live in for three weeks at a price per night. So we were in this tiny, uh, Airbnb up in Petty, Texas. And that was its own experience. It was just so, Curtis said like that was the hardest part for him was like being in the Airbnb because he had to drive in to work his truck 
started acting funny. So then he had to drive my Suburban and I wasn't going anywhere because I wasn't working or anything. It was middle of the summer. I was in between like jobs. I was just doing some online stuff and doing my uh, online yoga classes. So we were like stuck there with no transportation, but it's not like we could have gone anywhere or that there was anywhere to go out there. But that was like for sure the hardest part um, for Curtis, he said, was just having to drive from like the middle of nowhere to even get into work. Um, so we finally got in the house and boy, it was just like such a defeated um, feeling because everything was so hard to get here. Um, we felt like we ran into like all of the problems that we could have ran into. We felt like everything was an uphill battle and nobody cared about us. <laughs> and that's stupid because you know what? Yeah, nobody does care about you. That's, it is what it is. The only person who cared, honestly, was our sales guy at the mobile home place. Um, and there was just stuff that was out of his control. Um, and the electrician who did our, our work. Those are the only people I felt like who cared. Um, nobody else did. And those aren't like the big company entities. Those are literally two people whose job it is to do customer service and to be good at what they do. And they took their job seriously and they were really awesome. Um, you know, everything else was just hard. And I remember feeling um, just, man, like we made a huge mistake when we first, like once we got here. So like September was really hard. Um, and then I decided to go back to work at Orange Theory, trying to get a job at the Rockwall location. And that wasn't a really smooth, I didn't get any location that I had wanted that was close. Um, and then I kind of wanted like a particular kind of schedule and they weren't really able to meet me there on that. And so I was back at Orange Theory for like a month, <laughs> the month of October. And that just felt like a huge mistake and a big waste of like everyone's time, honestly. Um, not because I didn't love being there and the members and stuff, but like the drive was too much. The effort was too much um, for the uh, introductory pay that I was being offered for the first 90 days. Like it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same as it was pre-COVID. And I, you know, I hoped that it had been, but it just came back and I was so excited and it just, it just wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, and so I will say that like October, November last year was really one of the darkest times for me because it all came crashing that we were out here in the country. I didn't have anything um, other than what I was doing for myself with, with coaching and um, I wasn't seeing people anymore. I was here at home and um, we started a homeschool co-op at a homeschool co-op. Um, you know, so the kids were getting out I started trying to teach at a gym and I did start that helped teaching one night a week at a more local gym in December and um, I really just felt like it honestly took until um, maybe like March of this year to finally feel like we're settled in we're home um, you know we had um, our dog was hit by a car in November that was really tough <laughs> um, so we'd gotten a, a Pyrenees back in August, and um, so he was just just over five months old when Ranger was hit by a car and killed. Um, and so that was just, to me, like so devastating because it just added so much insult to the injury. Um, and I felt like it was my fault because he liked to run out in the street. And he wasn't afraid of cars, and I you know, felt like I should have been watching him better. 
And so like that contributed to kind of that downhill spiral where in October I really just was in a very dark place um, and felt like, what is the purpose? What is my reason for being here anymore? Because we got out here and what we felt like was supposed to be like our dream feels like a nightmare. And it was incredibly hard to get excited um, about anything anymore. And it took me some time to really like grieve the loss of what we wanted and what we'd hoped was going to happen. And then what did happen? I just want you to know I paused to go kill this giant spider that I was keeping my eye on because he was finally towards the ground. And then when I killed him, for some reason, another spider like was there too. So I don't know if that giant spider I saw was actually two spiders or what the heck was just going on, but I just killed two spiders when I totally thought there was just one. So I'm pretty sure I might've interrupted some spider love making, but that's fine because I don't want them to have spider babies anywhere near my house. Anyway, um, or in my she shed specifically, no thanks. So November was freaking dark, super dark. And um, yeah, I don't know. We just got through the holidays. We had our first Christmas in the house. Um, just kind of trudged through it. We had our anniversary. Curtis got, <laughs> our dogs got into a fight. Our two boy bulldogs got into a fight. And Curtis reached down at the wrong time and got bit. Um, on the hand right after Christmas and so like that was terrible it was a bad enough bite he probably needed stitches but we went to the urgent care like a couple days later and they were like this is infected you should have had stitches I'm not going to do stitches now but here's like a shot in the butt of antibiotics and here's a bunch of um, pills to take uh, for antibiotics and stuff so he had we had that happen that was pretty terrible he had to take time off work he was um, we were all just like this is the worst anniversary we've had. We had our wedding anniversary on New Year's Eve. Um, it was just like one of those, like, just disappointing. Like 2021 was worse than 2020 for us. Um, this year has been so much better. <laughs> it really has. We settled in. We kind of have a, a routine. I feel like my fitness business has really taken off this year. I got this awesome job that I have at Freedom Health Center is doing wellness coaching. So I get to get out and see people. We're homeschooling. Our homeschool year finished out a little rough at the co-op that we were at. Um, but we have a new co-op that we're going to in the fall. So like the, the move from the city to the country was horrible and awful. The process had I known how awful it was going to be, I would have never done it. And I'm actually truly grateful that I had no idea how awful it was going to be because I wouldn't have done it. I don't know what we would have done instead because we weren't going to stay in our house in Allen. <laughs> um, and, and I don't know what else we would have done. So God definitely had a long-term plan for us that we were just completely unaware of. And being unaware of the next step in the process was probably um, really good because, again, if we had known how terrible it was going to be, to get out here, I know we wouldn't have done it. And now I am, I'm super grateful that we're here. Um, I feel like we've got things that we want to do, but like things that we don't have to do. Like we're still working on finishing up my she shed. I feel like, you know, we, we still want to get our bridge put across the creek so that we can have better access to the back property. Um, we have like, we still need a 
better back porch because we just have stairs coming down our back door. We'd like to have like a little deck. So I mean, there's things that we want to have, but like we don't have to do anything to be comfortable and to be happy here. Um, and we've settled into this life with the chickens and the dogs and the children. And um, yeah, I mean, 2022 just looks better every month. And I'm super thankful for what we have. Um, and you know, if you ever need any advice on moving out to the country or like how to manage with things like getting property ready or um, like how to build a chicken coop, you need to talk to my father-in-law about that one. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I would happily share my experiences with anybody who has specific questions and, and maybe like help you save some heartache from dealing with those things. But that is it. That is our move from the city to the country. We are no longer city mice. We are country mice and we are loving it. So I will see you guys next time. Thank you for coming to the She Shed. Have a really awesome day.